Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick. Welcome to a special live Chalk Talk. Joining me today, you all know him uh, from breaking news on Twitter, putting out some, some great gifts. Uh, it is Malik Wright. Malik, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Matt. It's, appreciate you having me on the show. I'm super excited. Lots of stuff to talk about, ready to get into it. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've been told my gift game is strong too, but I don't have the sources you have, so I'm not uh, – I'm, I'm rarely subtly breaking news uh, <laughs> through, through a gift, uh, but it does make it, uh, you know, like a little fun thing for, for us to try and figure out and try and, and, and solve. For sure. Uh, all the decoding, all the decoding. I, I don't know. I, GIFs, GIFs have always been my thing. So, like, I, I was like, you know what? Let's let's add a little twist to it. Let's add, add a little more excitement to it. So that's why I started just using GIFs to break some news. And it latched on. People love it. So, Yeah, definitely. No, it's uh, uh, it's good stuff. It, yeah, it makes it, uh, sure. makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit more exciting. Gets a little bit more buzz going, too, because now just, sure. like, people are just like, oh, and then they, they move on with their lives. They're like, hey, what, what does this mean? Does this mean what right. I think it does? So. Uh, who day, Alex? Who day? Um, I'm, I'm terrible at adding. Oh, Alex Sagini. He's uh, he's one of my guys. He, he's actually my co-host of the Game Changer Show. You guys can catch every single Wednesday. Awesome, oh, awesome. Where can they catch that? You can catch it actually. Uh, you, you'll see it typically live on the on the YouTube channel uh, TWSN. You'll also see it on our uh, Twitter page as well. All right, yeah, lots of great Bengals content out there. Out there, make sure you're giving uh, Malik a follow. Check out their YouTube page as well. Um, you know, some awesome stuff. Uh, really, I mean, this is this is a great community of, of, of Bengals creators. And uh, I mean, we're all we're all sitting here and we're poised, you know, and, and I think we, we, we have strong followings. We have loyal followings. Mm-hmm. And yet the team has not produced in the way that any of us wanted to over the past few seasons. For sure. um, and that's really what brings us together today yeah. is uh, uh I had a, something that was inside of me that I needed to get out. I was a little nervous about it. And I was like, ah, how are people going to react? What are right. they going to say? People are going to think I'm nuts. Right. Finally, in June, I said, you know what? The Bengals are a 10-plus win team this year. Yeah. Uh, last week, you came out and said basically the same thing. Yeah. So Malik and I are very different. You know, if you follow both of us, uh, you know, some of you may, may just be following his links. Some of you might be following my link. Maybe you don't know who the other one is. Uh, but I mean, we come at things from a very different place. Um, I have zero sources. Uh, 
Malik is Malik is connected. You know, I, I I watch game film. That's about all I have. And and, and you're I, the best. I, you're the boy. Don't don't sell yourself. I, I appreciate it. You're but one I, of the best at it, my man. I've been watching I, your stuff for, for for so long. Big fan of yours. You know, I, but that's the thing. It's like sometimes you get inklings, you know, and and you get ideas from that stuff too. Yeah. And, it, and it's not, you know, just like you're hearing whispers sometimes. You know, the mm-hmm. film speaks to me in a certain way, or or what somebody's saying in interviews means something different you know when you when you hear it and you have certain experiences so uh let's start with you what makes you want to go out and make this this bold claim uh after six and a half wins uh in in uh zach taylor's first two go arounds that they're gonna break double digits in the win column this year well matt if you don't mind me uh, i kind of want to touch on something really before i tell you that you had said something earlier you said you know, the Bengals are doing well right now as a football team, but yet and still, we still have an audience. We still have a, a huge following. And I think the really unique thing is about that is I think the, the Bengals have a, f- a special fan base, to be completely honest with you. I think the Bengals have a special fan base, and I think that uh, Bengals fans love people who are able to still produce amazing content and give them uh, in-depth looks at the things that they, they don't see. I think that when your team isn't doing well from a football standpoint or a wins and losses standpoint, you, you tend to look for some type of hope, right? But you can learn a lot from watching coach Minnick and, you know, seeing chalk talk and, or, or, or see, hearing my takes about the Bengals, it's little things that you, you don't necessarily see show up in the win and loss column. You might see show up, you know, on the game film, which gives you hope for, you know, next season, which is why, which brings me to my next point, which is why I think the Bengals are going to be a 10 plus one season this year. Um, I think that the defense is going to be much better. I think that they've got players who actually believe in the system, believe in coach on uh, who I'm a believer in. Um, and I, I honestly, I think that uh, Joe Burrow has shown what he's capable of, even in, in, a, in a limited, a limited uh, sample size. I think I think we saw what what Joe Burrow could potentially be. Now you couple that we got some guys off the team, we added some some new pieces, got a new brand new right tackle and Riley Reef in there with us, and really they just sort of tried to revamp the, even the guard position at that. I think with the addition of Jamar Chase, I think it's going to do wonders. I'm sure we'll break. Uh, or we'll talk about our games necessarily, but uh, I, I certainly see the bank a lot of promise in the Bengals season this year. I just want to give a shout out to uh, to, to Jacques Williams here, Dayton native out here out in Connecticut. Um, I'm 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 a I was born in in Fremont, Ohio. <laughs> been very little of my life in Ohio, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm I'm out here uh, in New England as well, living in Rhode Island right now. So oh really? I, I didn't know to, that. Yeah, love to see that. Love to see some more Bengals fans out in this neck of the woods. For sure. For um, sure. Yeah. So I mean, you touched on it before. I get to kind of where where our, my head came out with that. Um, you touched on the belief in Lou Anarumo, and you know, like we said, you know, um, Elise Jesse, you know, big fan of Elise. Elise has been on the show. Uh, you know, great Cincy area reporter. You know. Uh, she had come out with uh, with some negative stuff uh, about Lou, about the feeling uh, about Lou in that locker room. Uh, now, you know, we don't know exactly who her sources were on that, uh, but we know Carlos Dunlap isn't there. All right. We know Gino Atkins isn't there anymore. We know William Jackson isn't there anymore. We know Carl Lawson isn't there anymore. And I'm not saying anything negative about any of those guys. We all love all four of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody will say a negative word about any of those any of those people and, and what they've done in, uh, for the Bengals organization. But, I mean, that's a that's a huge turnaround. Those are mm-hmm. big names. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really in just the last few months, uh, some big names defensively. You know, you've got Sean Williams out of there as well. 
so, I mean, just a lot of, lot of yeah. change going on mm-hmm. uh, and replacing some of those guys. So, I mean, is that from from your sources, from the when the whispers you hear from things like, was it a matter of of buy-in from these old Marvin holdover guys uh, who, who, like I said, we were a big part of the team and big part of the team's past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you, do you think that has been a lot of the defensive issue? So I, I, I love that you brought that up. So when I talk about the truth, there are three there are three sides to the truth, right? There's your side, my side, and then there's the actual truth. That's the three parts of the truth. Um, I, I'll put it to you this way, without divulging too much, because I think the team has, has truly tried to move on from you know from from that whole thing last year, the whole fiasco last year. I'll put it to you this way: um, I think that there were players, uh, key players. In, you know, on the Cincinnati Bengals defense last year who were not bought into Luana Ramos' system and they never gave the guy a chance. Well, I'll put it to you that way. Uh, they were not happy that he that that, co- that this coaching staff was brought in. So it wasn't just Luana Rumo. It was literally the, the football team. They, they didn't give they didn't give the football team an opportunity. They didn't give the, the football team, uh, these new coach, the new coaching staff a chance. And. You know, it, it resulted in what it resulted into. Right. You know, you typically saw Marvin Lewis's uh, regime was a little bit. I guess tight closed, and that happened over time, right? Marvin Lewis was there, was in, was Cincinnati Bengals head coach for 16 years. Zach Taylor's coming in as a first-time head coach. Luana Romo is a first-time defensive coordinator. So yes, you have to earn the respect of the players. You have player. It's either you earn the respect of the players, or the players are going to walk over you. So I think that you have players who are bought into the system of what you're trying to do in Cincinnati. Then you had the the batch that wasn't, and the batch that wasn't. Um, not all of the people that aren't there, but you can kind of put put two and two together. Of, of, of the, in the fashion in which they left and why they're no longer a part of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, you can say that, uh, I, obviously those are the talented guys that are, that are great players, but sometimes it's just time to go. And, right. and, and, you know, from my experience, um, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to this in whatever you do for a living, you know, sometimes there are people that you've worked with mm-hmm. you've worked for, and and they've had a good run and things just change and right. it's better for them to be somewhere else it's better for the organization if they're somewhere else um and and it doesn't mean that aj's you know aj green didn't get have a great year in, in arizona this year it doesn't mean that carl lawson and uh you know william jackson can't tear it up this year as well you know hopefully you know something works out for gino i think we all want to have see gino go on the high note and have success yeah absolutely uh, so um yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean those guys are bad guys. It's just right. it, it wasn't right anymore. I, 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 like me personally about the Carlos Dunlap thing, you know, Carlos Dunlap was a staple in the Bengals organization for so long, but I thought I, I didn't think that we were getting the most out of that position, out of that player. I didn't I didn't I wasn't really impressed with his performance. And this was even when Marvin was there. I, I think that Carlos Dunlap picked and chose spots in which he wanted to show up. I mean, we saw it even hit the first year of Zach Taylor's tenure. He was. He played well in, you know, in spar, spar, sparingly in certain moments. He, he was not consistent. And I think that the whole idea is if you are a starter on a football team in the National Football League, you're expected to be consistent. Consistency is is key. And if you're not being consistent, well, people are not going to take what you're saying necessarily as, as serious or, or as concrete as law because you're not even playing up to par. So how can you say this guy isn't doing that or this guy isn't doing that, but you're not even producing when you're getting the opportunity to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you look to, and um, 
you know, obviously injury and age played a large role in some of these mm-hmm. things. I was I, personally, I was on board when they when they resigned uh, those guys. Yeah, um, you know, I was I was on board with it. I thought they would both, you know, play it out. I thought, I honestly thought Gino would have a better chance of of you know playing out that contract than, than yeah. Carlos would. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a it's a shame it ended the way it did. But you know, we gotta right. we gotta move on and like, like I said, hopefully hopefully they can have some success. Uh, elsewhere, and, and you know, still the Bengals can kind of move on with it. But yeah, you look, and, and Anna Roma came in, and they they did change the system. You know, like every other team in the NFL, they're four down nickel most of the time. Uh, you know, but we were seeing a lot of that, you know, three four look, uh, which is really a five D lineman look right. for them uh, right. in, in those situations. And you know, that kind of had Carlos playing in a funky spot. You know, in, yeah. in particular, where like Sam Hubbard. Um, Carl Lawson, those guys were like a little bit more inclined, I think, to that that stand. That kind of stuff, yeah. I actually, when the, when the coaching change uh, occurred, um, Joe Woods, who's now yeah. the Browns yeah. defensive coordinator, that yeah. was the guy I wanted, right, uh, as the defensive coordinator, because I was like, man, the way they're playing Bradley Chubb, that's what Carl Lawson should be doing. So, right. and obviously, that's a you know, stand up type of situation in in Denver with what they were what, what Woods was doing there. So. Um, but, uh, you know, like it didn't really fit, you know, for, it wasn't, wasn't a great move for, for Dunlap and, you know, maybe there was some unwillingness for him to, to change too. Yeah. I mean, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. That's one, that's one of my favorite quotes, right? And, uh, you got to have all the talent in the world, but if you're not willing to put the work in and willing to grind, willing to be a part of the team, well, proof's in the pudding. Like I, 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 I look at it, you saw there were certain performances this season where the defense actually did play much better, right? Mm-hmm. You you coach football. You know what? What's the first thing you look for in a player? A player can have all the talent in the world, but you got to show effort. You gotta you gotta want it, right? You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta want to put your best foot forward. And I remember when Marvin Lewis left. Marvin Lewis left the Cincinnati Bengals in his goodbye press conference. He said, "You can get rid of coaches all day. You can get rid of coaches all day, but at some point, the players have to play. The players got to play." Mm-hmm. And these are these are issues that haven't just plagued the Zach Taylor era. It's also issues that plagued the Marvin Lewis era when you stat, when there's a culture of of, of losing. When there's a yeah. cult, when there's a culture of losing, it's hard to overcome that. You have to see some silver lighting at the end. That's why you saw the Bengals defense. It's like the morale thing. Uh, if you ever played Madden, the morale goes down if your team isn't playing well. The morale is up if the team is playing well. It's the reason why the Bengals kicked the Steelers' ass. I mean, let's just let's call it what it was. The morale was high. And um, the team really believed in, I guess, the installment that week. They believed in what they were doing, and they believed that they were truly better than that football team. And I'm expecting them to see that to see that this this season as well. No, there's a couple of things I want to touch on there, uh, right. and then and then you actually give me a very good segue into into right. my take into into where I came up with this this thought. Uh, so I'll mention here first, uh, Orange Hero Fantasy Show, uh, Lou trying to run the Patriots morphing defense. Yeah, I mean, like that's what they're trying to do. Um, and, uh, you know, really it's, it's very fluid. You mm-hmm. see players playing a lot. I, I mentioned that, you know, they're running, they've got five D linemen on the field and they got, you know, Sam Hubbard standing up. I was at one point, I was like, Sam Hubbard, basically a Sam linebacker. Most of the time, like, like they drop, you know, they drop him off quite a bit and they do some different things. I mean, he doesn't play in coverage quite that, uh, that much, but like, that's the type of standup role that he's, he's really playing a lot of the time. Um, and you know, you got Von Bell and just, Sean Williams, you know, those were guys who were, uh, you know, Sean Williams really more not two years ago than last year, but mm-hmm. these are safeties that they were playing in the box at linebacker. Yeah. 
you know, I think Akeem Davis Gaither, I think in year two, they, they had to teach him how to play more of an in-the-box linebacker. But I think we're going to see him maybe doing a lot of the th- same things that Von Bell does. You know, uh, not the deep field coverage. Right. Uh, but, but you know, in-the-box linebacker, lined up over a slot, lined up covering the tight end, things along those lines. So, I mean, I think they are very versatile in what they do defensively. And I really like, – like I watch this defense and like there are some – they do some really cool stuff. Right. Just as a right. as a football guy, as a defense, right. you know, like it, it, like. But I, people I, don't I, see it unless it's all coming together. People yeah. don't see it. It's like it's like when when, when the when the Bengals had you know uh, Preston Brown out there, and you know uh, you don't have to you have to have the right personnel to execute the game plan that you're looking to that that you're looking to execute. You, you, Absolutely, you, you need to. Yeah, yeah, and and so you got That's got to come together. At, right. at the same time, you know, coaches have to number one. You got to be able to get guys motivated and get them out there too. Right. You know, and if, and if you're giving them a game plan they can't execute, that's on you too. So yeah. you know, I, I say these things. And I say it is a cool game plan. They didn't execute it. You know, when I say those things, I'm not forgiving the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I'm, saying, I'm I'm trying to look at it a little I'm deeper. Than that. All right, it's not that it was a bad idea. It was just poorly mm-hmm. executed by so, the players, which means it was poorly executed by the coaches in terms of how it was installed. So, so I, I love that, right? Here's the thing with me, and I love talking football with you, by the way. This is the first, literally our first time, guys, that we've ever talked football uh, on camera or phone or anything. Like that. Uh, outside of each other's mentions, yep. Right, right. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, this is the, literally the first time, I want to say probably since 2015, where I look at both sides of the football, and I'm like, they have a core leader. They have a core leader here. I think leadership is so important on the football field, right? Even though we had Pac-Man Jones and he was what he was and Vontez Burfick and he was what he was and we had Reggie Nelson and so many different guys. We had so many leadership guys in leadership positions on that football team back then. You look at it, it seems like the Bengals have been in limbo from a leadership standpoint from the players, from the players for such a long time. It seems like they, you know, once Andrew Whitworth walked out the door, Andy Dolan and AJ Green are quiet leaders. They're not really the loudest guys in the room. I think for the first time, you look at, you, 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 if you, if you would have asked from 2016 to, till last year, who are the leaders of the Cincinnati Bengals? I think you would have had a really tough time finding, okay, there's one thing you can have a captain see on your chest. But there's also being a vocal locker room leader. There's also picking up the morale when you're on the sideline when the team is doing bad. And for the first time, I know we're even diving really, really deep right now, but I think for the first time in a long time, the Bengals actually have that. I can point to you three leaders on each side of the football where I'm like, yep, he's a leader. Yep, he's a leader. They truly have that. Yeah. They truly have that. No, absolutely. And you know, that's, that's important. You know, in the end of the day, I think, you know, coaching plays a big part of that stuff, but you're not, you're not in the field with them. Right. You know, and, and, and you've got to have that presence on the field. You've got to have, you know, the 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 story about uh, Joe Montana and the Super Bowl and he's in the huddle and he's like, hey, mm-hmm. you guys see John Candy over there? Like, you know, just like that, being able to just take that, like, just be cool. Just like, right. oh, there's no pressure here, you know. So um, that, that kind of brings me – you kind of you kind of go that nicely into, into my take on it. And honestly, everything you're hearing – all these, all the interviews with the players, it just feels different. It does. Like you can, you can tell that they don't care that they've won six games in two years. You can tell, like it's just like there's a confidence there that I don't remember ever seeing in this culture. Team. 
culture. Yes, exactly. And and I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I I was a uh, I was a young coach, and I took a, a job at a small school that was uh, had no history of success. Right. Uh, as an assistant coach, and one of the things that, that we did there was we went out and we just recruited we we, we recruited schools that went to state championships. Like that was like, it was like, it was like, just go to the schools where they know how to win and mm-hmm. bring in winners. And, you know, like, and you know, you're not necessarily getting the best kids. You're, you're in New Jersey, right? Yeah. I'm in Jersey. New Jersey's great. Cause you go there there's like a thousand state champions. Right. You know, they, they, there's like five, five, you know, five different South, five different central, like right. there's all these. And, yeah. So like, like literally I, I would, I would go down there with like two other guys and I'd spend a week in New Jersey. We'd never go to a, a school that wasn't at least in the state championship game. <laughs> you might have, you might have went to my school because I think we have like some of the most. Uh, we might have the most public school championships in in New Jersey. Where, where's that? Montclair. Oh yeah, I love Montclair. Yeah. Montclair's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coach Fury. <laughs> yeah, Coach. Coach had a uh, uh, the, the day after signing day. He would have a he would have a a, a, a an available recruit. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and, and I always come in and sweep in there because I was, I was at D3, so we didn't have scholarships. So, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, Montclair, great school. But that, that's exactly, exactly the point I'm trying to make is like. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What have the Bengals done? You know, like look at their last three first round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, LSU championship, mm-hmm. LSU championship, Bama oh, wins yeah. some championships. You know, like they're taking all these guys, and then, and then you go to the second round. You know, couple of, couple of Clemson guys. You know, yeah. and, and and Jackson uh, Carmen as well. Like they're recruiting people that you know they're recruiting. Excuse me, they're they're drafting guys that know how to win. Right, you know, they're going out and they're finding these guys from winning programs and and that's it's confidence but it's also understanding how to prepare mm-hmm. you know it's understanding how to how do you you know attack everything that you, that you do i mean you hear all these ridiculous stories about burrow like he was in grad school and right you know i mean some grad schools you do stuff most grad schools it's 
pretty easy because they assume you have a full-time job. Right. So he didn't have a full-time job. He was a full-time football player. Right, you right. Know, in college, you know. So, like, these guys, they understand what it's about. They understand mm-hmm. how to attack it because they've already come from these cultures. So you're not starting from nothing. They, they already know about, you know, these winning backgrounds, these winning cultures. And I, and I think you see that, too. You, you're seeing a lot of the, the free agents they're bringing in, like, they they won some games in the NFL. They've been to some playoff games. You know, it, you know, Mike Hilton's had some success. Riley Reef has had some success. Like these guys have been on some pretty some pretty good teams. So I, you know, I think that's a big a big part of it. Having that that culture, you know, you can build that. You can replace that. You know, by bringing in people that that know how to do it. And, and people laughed when they kept hearing in every Zach Taylor press conference. I mean, every post game one, we're we're building the right culture. You know, we have the right culture. Are, are, are the right the right players here? Getting the right players here. You kept hearing culture, 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 and you're like, I, I remember it became a joke at some point. People are like, "What do you mean about culture, culture, culture?" Now we're seeing it manifest itself. That's the reason that culture that Zach Taylor's talking about. That's the reason why they had 100 percent attendance at OTAs and was one of the only teams that that happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's the reason why. That's the reason why Joe Burrow. Fought, like, I mean, I felt like he would have fought like hell to come back from an ACL injury regardless, but that's why you see him wanting to be a leader, not just for the, his current teammates, but he said it was important for the younger guys to see me, the, the younger guys that are coming in to see that. That's the reason why you've got so many people stepping up because of I, the culture. They understand and, what's in, in front wait, of I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but we, yeah. like, you see, like, then they cut off, uh, they cut off OTAs. Yeah. And like, look, Zach Taylor is on the hot seat. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it might, it's probably not as hot as we think it is. Yeah, but if if he wins two games next year, you know, if oh, he has yeah. another season like he's had, like if Burrow's healthy and they're not winning games, mm-hmm. he, like he's gonna be gone. Yeah, uh, regardless of how confident the organization is is, is in him right now, and right. he knows that. Right, he's been fired before. He's had right. he's been on staffs that have been fired before. Mid-season, right, you know, what right. I mean? like, um, so the fact that he did that, like how. How confident is he? Like, yeah. How much is he feeling it? Right. Like, like right. I remember hearing that, I was like, oh, oh, they're sending him home. Yeah. Like that. Like that was a, one of those big things. It was like, ooh, this is yeah something. You this really is- believe? Oh, yes. you really believe? Believe in your in, in your team and what you guys are doing? No, absolutely. It, it, Zach Taylor is he's not he's not going to be the loudest guy and saying this and that and third, but he's it's a quiet confidence and he has and you you see the team you see the team has that confidence this year, shocking the world and doing so many different things. You see. I don't know. You just you just see the team a little bit different. The era of the Bengals this year is just a little bit different from years past. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you can just you can feel it. Like yeah. it's like this is this is something different. Something big yeah. is coming. Yeah. And you know, you look at last year, and and I think that I, I don't know. Ranking schedules is is really tough because you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. But yeah, I, it seems like next year's schedule is tougher than last year's. Yeah, uh, they were getting into a soft spot in the schedule. I you know I think they would have. They would have strung together a few more wins with with uh, Burrow in there towards the end of the year. You know, I think they probably win that Redskins game. You know, uh, so like we can't see everything that happens, and right. we really can't see this year because like mm-hmm. like the press isn't even in the locker room. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. But it, you can uh, you know sometimes when you're there, you can feel it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and like like I said, now I think that's coming off in in these interviews, like. This is different. They right. know it's different, and and they, and they've got these guys that that have done it before. You know, these right. guys that know what. It, maybe not, maybe not all in the NFL, but they've got all these national championship mm-hmm. rings on the team. Right. And these guys are like, 
yep, here we go. They're so, about their business. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So so let's talk about like you mentioned the defense. You mentioned you believe in Lou. You think the defense is going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some some issues with that and some things that you know could potentially hold them back. You know, if that defense doesn't come doesn't turn around, um, I don't think it's a death sentence to be honest with you because. You got Burrow and those three receivers. Right. Um, uh, you know, if you can protect him, you're in pretty good – you know, you're still right. going to win a lot of games. Absolutely. But, um, you know, so we're looking at a defensive line. Uh, struggled to, to stop the run at times, uh, you know, in particular uh, dealing with the Browns. So they're going to see twice more in that that, that talented running game. Um, struggled to get after the quarterback. Uh, you got William Jackson gone. Yeah. Uh, and really a couple of – Guys who have underachieved a little bit in their careers, you know, coming into those starting roles and uh, at the at the cornerback position, um, and then you've got a completely unproven group of linebackers. Uh, three guys, four guys, by the way, who I was big fans of them drafting, but you know, very very much unproven. So, uh, you know, what are what are your thoughts on on that and how sure. you know, kind of the defense could mesh together? I really, I just asked you about the entire yeah. defense in one question. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. I think I think that. Y- you got guys, right? Let's talk about Larry Okunjobi for a second. He was played out of position in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He was played out of position in Cleveland. He's a three-tech, right? They had him playing nose tackle at times in Cleveland. Um, I think you pair him up with DJ Reader. I think the, the I, I think I think it's a plus that you don't have Isaiah McKenzie starting on the defensive line as as a starter. Um, I, I think it's a plus you got guys like Trey Hendrickson, who like you talked we talked about coming coming from winning programs. Trey Hendrickson, um, Sam Hubbard's still in there. Yeah, I agree with you, John. I think I think Cheetah Bay Awuzie, everybody who knows me, I love Cheetah Bay Awuzie. I've always been a huge fan of him. Um, he played on some terrible defenses in Dallas, but I I, I always thought he had the ability. I think he's a, he's similar to to William Jackson in ways. I think that I could be wrong, but I, I think he may track the ball a little bit better than William Jackson. William Jackson, that was a real issue with him, and I believe if William Jackson tracked the ball better, he would be in Cincinnati still. Um, let him tell it, probably tell you a different story, but that's, that's, that's a fact. The guy didn't know how to pull an interception down, how many interceptions we saw the guy drop, but no, uh, I think that the fact that they have a new revamped defensive line and you just see the, they brought high motor guys in here, like Cam Sample. They brought so many different guys in here that can get after the quarterback. It's almost, it's almost like a volume thing. And, you know, they can rotate these guys in and out. It seems like that, that was the, that was the goal. That was the goal. I, I know a lot of people are excited for Joseph Asai, uh, I'm excited for him as well. Uh, I, I think that the Bengals defensive line is going to shock a lot of people. And obviously we know the defensive line is providing that pressure. while everything is easier on the linebackers and the corners as well. I think the Bengals have an, a, a really underrated safety group. Cause I think they have the best safety in football in Jesse Bates. I think Von Bell is also good for what he does as well. Um, and I, I, like I said, their corners may not be the strongest that they've been in years past, but um I like. I kind of like them. I, I, I kind of like what they're what they're going to ask them to do. Um, I'm curious to see how they use Mike Hilton. I know we 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 picked up a Pittsburgh player before in the past, and James Harris, and then that necessarily didn't work out. So I'm really curious to see how that pans out. But I just think that having a new uh, a new found energy inside the building, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it feels like it's been so long since the Bengals have had a, a truly a defensive overhaul. I'm looking to see bigger jumps from guys like Logan Wilson, who, who I'm a huge believer in, a huge believer in Logan Wilson. I also believe in Jermaine Pratt. He was one of my favorite draft picks. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, uh, and I know you're a big Akeem Davis Gaither guy as well. I think that the Bengals literally have quietly one of 
could well could have one of the quietly one of the best young linebacking tandems in, in the NFL. And if Marcus Bailey pans out, that's just a huge plus as well. Yeah, and I think it, it, it's clear what they're looking for. You see a lot of high effort guys. You see guys. Uh, I mean, you know, they pointed out two years ago they, they were taking all these guys that were coaches' kids and team captains. You know, um, and you know, from uh, I think there were five coaches' kids. There were four or five coaches' kids yeah. in that in that seven man draft. Right. Uh, you know, and, and a bunch of team captains, and you know, you look at Osai and Sample, and you see they can both kind of play linebacker a little bit, so mm -hmm. they have that versatility that you get with Hubbard. You've seen both of them play a little bit inside too. Right. Again, that versatility like we see with Hubbard. Uh, I forget who it was, but talking about you know being having the Patriots, you know, amoeba type defense. Like those are the guys done, that can yeah. do that. And, and like literally, um, I had. Uh, First of all, Pratt. I think I had I had Pratt ranked number two amongst linebackers in that draft. Wow! Based on film alone, and then I, like literally, I had him ranked in front of Devin Bush, and then I saw Devin Bush's forty time, and I was like, okay, that's enough to push him ahead. Yeah, they, right. were, they were pretty close. But I, I thought Pratt was an excellent linebacker. I, yeah. He, but he needed to work on some stuff in coverage. A little, not what you would expect from a converted safety, but right. I mean, great tackler flies around. The three guys they drafted last year, I had third round grades on all of them. I had them like ranked right in a row with each other. Wow. Um, uh, and, and again, I like that was just on film. I wasn't accounting for Bakim and and uh, and Bailey having injuries uh, they were coming off of. But all those guys, you know, Bakim's a little different because he's you know he, he can do some hybrid things and he hasn't played a traditional linebacker role. But all of those guys, much better speed than we've seen in the past with mm -hmm. the Bengals. Uh, you know, so excellent athletes, uh, great tacklers too. Right. You know, and we saw too many missed tackles a couple couple years ago, and they've really like they did that in free agency that year too. They really look to make make that over. You talk about right. effort. I mean, after effort, it's tackling. You know, right. that's the second thing you look for as a as, as a coach in these guys. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I Pratt kind of, I, I I saw some positives really in his a lot more than most people did i think in his uh, yeah. his rookie year and he yeah. kind of like leveled off a little bit this year so now we got to see him take that next step right um, but you know i personally I, people talk about bringing in a veteran or bringing in another linebacker like i want these young guys to get reps and i think so, that was in large part why they didn't that was yes. that's why they didn't because i think in large part i think it was very difficult for them to find jermaine pratt a true role on this team because you, you want to play guys like Akeem Davis Gaither, Logan Wilson, and Jermaine Pratt. That ideally, that's those are those are the guys you really want to rely on. It's kind of difficult to do that when you have a Josh Bynes in there as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and and I'm just gonna throw this out there too. Akeem Davis is his first start. Um, like I talk about liking the liking the defense. That that was if, if any anybody who coaches defensive football, like just like watch that game. Because both defenses were so fun, you know, like like right. like Baltimore was just throwing everything they could at Burrow. Yeah, uh, you know, it, like I mean, you know, so removing it from being a Bengals fan, it was like, oh, this is some cool stuff. They're doing. right, 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 right. But yeah, <laughs> the, like the way that you know they were playing that that, that four three with um, with with Davis Gaither in the field and, and really like a, a tight four three in the box that you don't see very often in the NFL. Um, you know, the way they were doing that and the different things they were doing to try and stop, uh, you know, Baltimore's run game, like they were doing some really interesting stuff. And like, that was right. like just a really fun game just as a, as people a were like, somebody that likes oh, football. Lamar, Lamar was hurt. No, I just, I think they honestly, it, it could have played a factor, but I also think the Bengals had an excellent game plan. Lamar didn't hold excellent. the ball very often, you know, and there, like there were a lot of replays where he, 
they got the ball out of his hands, you know, yeah. and that's what you got to understand about this. Sure. Like there was a play where he pulled it and he shouldn't have. And Logan Wilson had a tackle for a loss. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, you know, might take that for a 50 yard touchdown, even though right. he, he made the wrong read. <laughs> right. Right. But, but I mean, I, I think overall it was like, they, they did a pretty good job of keeping the ball out of his hands. And I agree. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a pretty cool, um, yeah, pretty cool little game plan and some different things that we were able to do there. And yeah, I think you really look at it last year. And mm-hmm. again, as a coach, you got to figure out how to win with what you have. Um, so I'm not completely forgiving that staff. But when you can't get to the quarterback and your CB2 play stinks, right? Uh, how are you supposed to win games doing that? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm hoping we all love Darius Phillips. He wasn't very good last year. Yeah, he was a little dinged up. So hopefully right. he'll play better this year. Um, but you know, Sims obviously wasn't cutting it. Right. You know, they, they, <laughs> and and I liked how they they kind of went to the thing where like they were like trying to get like twenty good plays out of each of them. You know, right, I mean? right, 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 right. You know, people were like, wait a minute, why they just pick a guy? It's like, oh, all right, this this makes sense. Try and try and make it work. Uh, right, what you have, but. Um, but yeah, Mike Hilton's a great example too of like how plugging in a different player. Look, I, I really like Mackenzie Alexander. I, I would have been a fan of them bringing him back. Um, Mackenzie Alexander missed a tackle on a blitz mm-hmm. at, at the end of the Browns game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I like week seven Browns game. Yep. They didn't have any timeouts. The Browns didn't. Right. He makes that sack. They're dealing with second and like seventeen. Right. The clock is running. Right. Like. Does Baker throw that ball to Darius Phillips and get and you know move the ball on the field? Like, probably not. Like that could have been the game. Like it's right. one play. Um, you know, I, I, I it's mind boggling to me how how ten wins for the Bengals is a crazy is a crazy take, right. and yet there are legitimate people saying the Browns are you know have a chance at the Super Bowl if they if they can get by Mahomes. Right. And like, they lost. Two games by like a total of a score to the Browns last year. The Bengals did, you know. What yeah, I mean? like, yeah. They can play with that team with um, with 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 a banged up team with a banged up team. Yes. Oh, geez. I mean, that Thursday night, like, it, like I was playing D line on that Thursday night. Like, was, <laughs> they, they they didn't have anything. Um, you know, and they, they still they went on. They, that was actually that Thursday night against the against the Browns in week two. I was actually kind of impressed with it. it. Was like that that goal line stand. Oh yeah, that yeah. Was like everything that, that yeah. had in the tank, and it was yeah. it was just like over after that. Like yeah, yeah. Obviously, you get the fumble, the, the misprotection, the fumble by Burrow there, and then they end up scoring. Like if the Bengals could have put a drive together, there, like it was good, but it was going to be a race from that point because they couldn't play defense anymore. Right, they were just done. Uh, short short week, didn't have the guys they needed, and like they needed to they needed to win a track meet. That Absolutely, <laughs> they could they could afford to, to to let it go there. But anyway, um, so so that's the defense. Obviously, there's another big issue to worry about, uh, and and you know the issue we've talked about the most throughout the off season uh, is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that can hold them back is the offensive line. You know, yeah. they do, did they do enough to address that position? Um, can they keep Burrow safe long enough to make you know make do with having, uh, or excuse me, to take advantage really of having all the talent that they have? at the wide receiver position now. Mm-hmm. I've got to see Jackson Carmen like actually play NFL action. I think the anticipation, the expectation is for him to be a starter. Obviously that's why he was drafted in the second round. 
uh, and drafted to play guard. Uh, I think a lot of people panicked at first when they saw him get drafted. Like, oh, my God, is, there, is he playing tackle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but he's drafted to play guard. and he, he's, my, 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 Literally, like, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. But, of course. Um, of course. When, when I evaluate, I like, the first thing I do is I watch the film and I just, mm-hmm. like, I you know, I'll have a – form and things I want to check off later. Mm-hmm. But the fir- first time I watch in film, I just write down words, like just whatever pops into my head. Mm-hmm. Like I try and keep it raw. The first right. thing I wrote was not good. <laughs> For Jackson Carmen. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now he, he was hurt, which right. I didn't realize at the time. I didn't know at the time. Cause I look at that stuff after I watched the film, <laughs> uh, but, but he was hurt and he was playing tackle. And then like, uh, so I was like, Oh geez, when they, when they took him, but as soon as it was clear that he's a guard, it's like, okay, I could see that. Yeah. A lot of the problems he has, we're working in space, you know, right. things that hopefully with a healthy back are better, but also, you know, you're going to be able to work better uh, in yeah. a tight confine as a guard. Go on, sir. No, no, no worries. And he truly seems like a student of the game as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I personally think that the offensive line is, it's still up and up to question. You're expecting big leaps from guys like John Williams. Um, I expect Riley, Riley Reef was, you know, other people might think that this person was the Bengals big free agent ticket signing in terms of Trey Hendrickson. I think Riley Reef in the Bengals' eyes was their big free agent ticket, but he's going to be a guy that's going to truly help solidify that offensive line, right? He's going to be that guy. He, he's, he's done it for – he's been one of the most consistent tackles in football for quite some time. Give me the Bengals starting right tackle. Um, you know, alongside Jonah Woods, you're expecting him to be able to be, a, be that veteran leader, be that veteran presence on the offensive line. Uh, and I think that – I think that just by the Bengals getting rid of Bobby Hart, I think that was that was a positive as well, but not not to knock on Bobby Hart too too rough. But um, I really think Riley Reef is a huge upgrade, like a massive upgrade from Bobby Hart. Um, I, I believe I, I believe in Quentin Spain. I think Quentin Spain should be a starter amongst that offensive line. Clearly, you want to see how he how he uh, you know continues to grow with the football team and things of that nature uh, because he did come on late last year. But if Quentin Spain can truly you know help solidify you know be in there and help solidify a, a guard spot, I think it'd be great. I want to see Jackson Carmen. But in my opinion, it'll be Jackson Carmen and Xavier Suofilo battling out for a spot. Um, I, I think that the, the Bengals did enough to sort of to help the offensive line. I think they did enough to make the offensive line maybe average. Uh, obviously, if they play together long enough, they can get better and better because, you know, they'll have that camaraderie there. They'll, they'll establish that timing with one another. Interesting. Here's something that interesting, interesting to note as well, though. Um, this team didn't really have too many practices with each other last year, obviously with the whole COVID protocols and things of that nature. So it's really hard to kind of gauge how – I mean, don't get me wrong, the offensive line was bad last year, but I think it's really hard to gauge how, how – the, the strides that they could have potentially made, how they ha- how they would have had those extra reps with one another had Joe Burrow been actually able to – they and then be able to get used to his cadence and things of that nature. Center spot is a little bit of a question because you don't know what – um you don't know what the – you know, what's going to happen with Trey – Trey Hopkins, but I'm gonna tell you something, Matt. Trey Hill, who the Bengals drafted out of the, uh, out of Georgia, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge fan of the guy. He's a hog molly. He's a guy that takes up a lot of space. He's a guy that I believe can shock a lot of people and turn a lot of heads. Whether that be a, I mean, I don't know if he'll play guard. I, I, it'll be tough to see. I know he's got to he's got to get his weight under control, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I'm a big fan of his though. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting one. I mean, I think the 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 thought is that Billy Price is probably going to look for greener pastures and, and try and, you know, restart somewhere else at the end of the year. So you, yeah. you've got him. And if you, even if you keep him around in the practice squad, you know, he becomes that other guy. Um, my thought, I'm just going to throw this one out there. Billy Price 
people people forget that uh, we just love to remember the negative stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you have your nerves. Billy Price played pretty well as a rookie. Yeah. Like he was hurt at the beginning, but he actually played pretty well. And who was his coach? Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a hot take. I had a hot take. I actually had a hot take. Sorry to cut you off. Uh-oh. I actually okay, I had a well, really hot take. We'll, we'll see if it's the same thing I was about to say. But go. <laughs> I told people, I said, I think Billy Price is going to start the season because I think Trey Hopkins is still going to rehab that injury. And I don't think Billy Price is going to lose that starting job. Oh, okay. That might be that, that might be even hotter. Okay. Um, my my my, uh, my thought was Billy Price starts the year, uh, plays really well, plays the best football he's played in, in his in his uh, career, and uh, Trey Hopkins comes back, and because he's on an expiring contract, they trade Billy Price before the deadline. Mm. Um, mm. So I'm just throwing that one out there. Uh, but but you know either way, I, you know I think. Uh, I, I, just it seems like like some of the things I've read, like the writing between the lines, is that he doesn't really want to be here anyway. But maybe, maybe when uh, uh, when Pollock comes back. Um, uh, and, and, and by the way, that, or sorry, with Pollock coming back. By the way, that's not a negative either because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I've noticed with, with Billy. Like when you watch Bengals games, mm-hmm. if he's not playing, and the Bengals make a big play, mm-hmm. he's like the dude on the sideline going nuts every single. Yeah, time. absolutely. Like he, absolutely. like he was. Like he was as invested in this team as anybody, so he Absolutely. definitely cares about his his people on this team. I think I, you know, it just might be one of those things where maybe he has a sour taste in his mouth and he's like, "I'm going to go somewhere else." I, I think that can be go. changed, though. I think all he's looking for is an opportunity. Yeah, true. since he's been here, he has not been given an opportunity. He has not been really given like a true, true opportunity to really like you know. It's always been a short leash. If you play well, okay, we're pull. If you play good, great. You play bad, we're pulling you. Like it's you understand how some people just aren't going to mess with Jim Turner. Yeah, you know, uh, some people, <laughs> a lot of people, but yeah. no, I, I think, I think, I think it's one of those situations where you, I think Billy Price is is he's one of those guys. I first of all, kudos to Mike Brown, first and foremost, for being able to get Frank Pollock back in the door. Um, you know, I, that was one I, you know, I saw a lot of stuff coming in the offseason, guys, and. Frank Pollock was not was one that I heard rumbles about, but I never thought it, I never thought Frank Pollock would consider coming back to Cincinnati because when he came here, it was more so Zach Taylor wanted to bring in his own people essentially. So I I didn't know how that would mesh. I didn't know how that would work, but um, it, it'll be it's it's an interesting dynamic because I think I just think we're gonna see a nastier offensive line. Remember when Frank Pollock was the offensive lines coach before we had guys like Christian Westerman, Alex Redman, Billy Price, Cordy Glenn. And Billy Bobby Hart, you know. <laughs> and guess what? Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like, and that's what I. That's what I realize. Like, this this O line yeah. is much more talented than the last time Pollock was this here. This is this is the and people. Some people thought it was a hot take, but I'll say it again, right here on your show. Uh, this is the best offensive line Joe Mixon has ever played behind. This is the this offensive line right here, as it stands, is the best offensive line Joe Mixon has played behind in the National Football League. All right, you 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 heard it here. That that is that is bold, but I like it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're looking at some change there. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go to the some of the comments here because I don't want to sure. sure act thing. like uh, everything I'm saying is original to me. But uh, Ralph Pollock knows how to develop linemen. Yep, it makes him love the AFC and rushing. You know, just like we said a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't the one I was looking for. Ralph said something before it was good too. I can't remember what it was, uh, but. Um, Ah, here it is. Uh, back to the defense. Linebackers need 
uh, Marion Hobby, they needed the D lineman uh, to to be better. And I think I'll, the linebackers took a lot of heat last year for not stopping the run when when the D line was getting pushed around. Um, yeah. and, and they they had a bunch of guys out the street. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like they're picking up, uh, you know, you, you know your Bloodsos and your Covingtons, and they're you I know think, like, like these aren't guys that should be getting the reps they were getting. They're guys that can play a role, but that guys should, be, should should be getting the I, reps they I, were getting. I think I think it's also important if you have a defensive line coach in there that is actually preaching the same message as the defensive coordinator too. Absolutely. I'll put, I'll put it to you that way. You could put two and two together. Yeah. I, and, I think and, that's important. And I think, you know, and, and I think we saw that with some of the staff changes from the previous yeah. year too, yeah. uh, in the defensive backfield in particular, uh, that, you know, they definitely seem to be more on the same page and, mm-hmm. and more running coverages where I'm, I'm sitting there for an hour trying to figure out what, what, it, what they're doing because everybody, everybody knows what they're doing. So, right. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there was another comment in here, and, and again, I think my, my screen refreshed, so I, so I missed it. So, try. Sorry, I'm trying to give you guys some love uh, with these great comments. But uh, somebody had asked about um, about Carmen and the impact that Reef will have, and I think that's great because yeah. you know you look at Reef's on a one year deal. You know, you got Carmen who played left tackle. He's learning right guard. You know, uh, and he's next to a guy who's, who's played in the league and, and has a ton of experience and, and, you know, was another high pick, you know, productive guy in the league. And so, I mean, there is an opportunity there that maybe they do identify that in Carmen. Maybe he is the right tackle of the future. Um, and, and you're essentially training right there, right there next to, you you know, next to that guy. I, I people were saying, um, uh, like you, you talk about Whitworth and Whitworth playing guard earlier in his career, mm-hmm. um, and I'm uh, people said that about Penne, like oh well he can play guard. Like, no, 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 no. You draft a guy that high, you put him where he belongs. Right, uh, absolutely. But, but it's different in the second round. Like you put him at guard, and you're getting a good guard for a year. Right, that's a good pick even in that year. And then if he develops into a starting tackle under the, your answer at the right tackle position, even better. Right like now, now, now you're in a great spot. You've got the, the a short term answer at, at one position, and you've got a long term answer at a more valuable position. Um, that would be that would be huge. But even just solidifying that that right guard position, now you've got all these guys that have played left guard before with Suofilo, uh, you know, who I like, who, who's done some things well. Quentin Spain, who mm-hmm. we forget, like you talk about guys haven't played with each other. Quentin Spain showed up and got thrown into a game. Right. We, <laughs> With no starters on the field, because, right? Uh, you know that was, and that was the game and he did. He didn't play a mate, but he solidified that guard spot right yeah. in that game. In that game, because before I forgot who they had in there. Um, forgot Shaquille the guy's Hoon. name, Shaquille Hoon. Yeah, they had yeah. <laughs> Shaquille Hoon, and he he was playing atrocious. And he was playing. Uh, I think because I'm pretty sure he was playing left guard that game. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. So so he was playing next to Hakeem. Yep, you start at left tackle that game, so you know you get that. That's a you know a, a situation like we were talking about with Carmen and Reef. Like you know he was in there and he you know helped to solidify and you know probably calm down that rookie a little bit, right? Uh, you know knowing you could trust that guy next to him. Now there there is a guy that a lot of people are forgetting about. I don't want to forget about him, Deontay Smith, who the Bengals drafted this year mm-hmm. out, of, out of ECU. The Bengals are really high on him. They think if he can add weight, he can truly develop into being a really special player. He really turned a lot of heads at the senior bowl. Uh, don't discount him being the starting right tackle of the future. That's a, that's what I'll say about that. Because I think Jackson Carmen, the the thought processes, and I saw, I forgot who, who whose board was it, but yeah, Jackson Carmen ranked as the second best guard in the entire draft. Some even had him ranked as third, fourth best guard in the entire draft. Do not discount Deontay Smith turning into something really special. Remember his entire thing 
Wow. Look at that right there. <laughs> Look at that right right there. I think he will shock a lot of people. He's a, he seems like an anchor. He just needs to build build the weight on. Uh, and I think he's learning under the right offensive line coach in Frank Pollock. Deontay Smith, in my opinion, will be the Bengals starting right tackle in the future. I agree. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and you got that. You got – you got Carmen's a possibility. You got Smith as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Options, which are good. <laughs> teams out this year, but maybe maybe he's still the answer. Let me you ask know, you a question. Fred Johnson. You. Maybe there we go. The That's the one. And, and, and now and now you got a coach that you believe in. You know now mm-hmm. you got a coach that you know coming in with a different philosophy, coming in from yeah. a different perspective. Uh, you know, so so can he develop these guys? You know, that, right. that, that's going to be the big point with it. And, um, yeah, and I think. Pollock meshes very well with Zach Taylor. You know, it wasn't his guy in the same way. Um, but, you know, Pollock was with the Texans um, as a young coach uh, under Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak was a guy they talked about for the offensive coordinator position here, you know, because he's a he's an under center, run the outside zone and run the right. bootleg guy. And it sounds like the Bengals want to do a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it does make a, make a lot of sense. Um you know, how he's going to come out and design that run game, make it fit for everybody, keep it consistent. Cause I, you know, I feel like they, they started to figure some things out at the beginning of the, the end of the first year. And then it, like they, they weren't running the same stuff in year two. Yeah. I uh, was like, why you didn't change your personnel. You had some stuff that worked. Why, why are you changing this stuff? They tried oh. to make it, they tried to really force what they wanted to make work again. And, instead of just, you know, a, a sort of just, you know, following what worked last year for them. What's going on. What's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the love, guys. Smith with the big long arms. Yeah, yeah. Smith have, has a lot more reach than uh, yeah. some of the guys that they're they're used to around here. They don't seem to really care about that as much as a lot of teams do. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I I don't know. I mean, I, I think we've 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 delved uh, we've dug pretty deep into this roster. Um, you know. Oh, hey. Well, you know, we talked offensive defense. I think we got a kicker now. I think we have a kicker, a real, a real I mean, kicker. Yeah, they, they might win week one with a, if they had a kicker last year, right? Uh, and, and who knows how the ball gets rolling? But um, uh, you know, so I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot to be positive about right now. Um, even a punter of the future potentially. Even a punter of the future potentially. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, when uh, you know, we we hate to go against the Cincinnati guy, but you know, he's got an Ohio State guy too. So yeah. right, 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 right. Not not kicking, not, not not kicking Huber out the door just yet. We can't we can't lose to that though. Yeah, but, not uh, kicking up out the door yet. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I mean, this is a a lot of really positive stuff. Obviously, like injuries are the biggest thing; it always mm-hmm. is, you know. And we and we've got to account for that. We've got to watch out for that. I, I saw somebody and and this was a long time ago, but somebody commented eight or nine wins, accounting for injuries. Um, I just want to say, I said ten plus win team. I didn't say when those wins were coming. You know, if they if they get. They get a playoff spot Matt, with nine wins, and they win, Matt, and they get a playoff win. Matt, I'm willing to call it right now if you want me to. I can call some right now if you want me to. At least, at least let me tell you what I'm envisioning. All right. I have the schedule right here in front of me. And this could be Malik being absolutely a weirdo and optimistic, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I think the Bengals start off the season very strong. I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals beat Minnesota week one. I think they beat Andy Dalton. Yes, Andy Dalton and the Chicago Bears because Andy Dalton will still be the starting quarterback at that point. I think the Bengals beat Pittsburgh. I think that I actually think for the first time, for the first time since 2009, oh, the Bengals, I had the Bengals sweeping Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I think the Bengals are the better football team this year all around. I don't think Pittsburgh 
uh, have anything. And, I, and a lot of people will be like, you're crazy. Cause like, we're so used to Pittsburgh being our biggest rival. I think that, I think, I think we're going to start seeing a changing of the guard as to where, remember those years went by where we were beating the Baltimore Ravens consecutively. Mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh is going to be that for us. I just think that it's going to be a very time. They're, they're going to go through a really difficult time because they were, it took them so long to just admit that they need to go through a little bit of a rebuild. Um, so yeah, I had the Bengals beating the Pittsburgh. I had the Bengals beating Jacksonville as well. Uh, the first game, you know, new coach, new quarterback uh, at home ring of honor game, which I'll be at. I'll also be posting the link at guys. You guys want to come sit in my section. I'll be with commissioner. Yes. Uh, Ace Zim, uh, James Rapine. It, it should be absolutely exciting as well. So I, yeah, back to that. Jacksonville. I'll be at home with my two week old, unfortunately. <laughs> well, fortunately, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've got, I've got the Bengals beating Jacksonville. So what does that put them at Matt? Four and four and oh, yeah, there we go. Yep. I got them starting off. That's four a strong eight. start. Yes, sir. I, I I think I have the Cincinnati Bengals losing the first game. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, obviously, to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's say Aaron Rodgers is playing, which I believe he will be. I think they beat Detroit. I think they lose to Baltimore. I think they beat the Jets. So that puts them at five, six. I think they split with Cleveland. That puts them at seven. I think they beat Vegas, eight. Uh, Denver game. Nine and I, I said they, I think they sweep Pittsburgh, so that puts them at ten wins. There you go. Those are my those are the games that I have the Bengals winning. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're we're right there, and, and yeah, and you know, I agree with you. This is, I think there is a good chance they sweep Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's yeah. very good. Yeah, they're going to have some good. But that's the, that's the thing is like that defense is always like it's been a house of cards for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. You know, like they get a couple injuries, right? Like it, it'll be really good, but they get a couple injuries and it's going to have some problems. And I mean, that's it's just hard to build a team around your defense in in, in today's NFL, um, especially if you don't have an O line and a run game where you can play keep away uh, and play defense. And you know, we definitely haven't seen that out of them. That's you know, that's maybe a bigger concern in the O line for them than it is uh, for the Bengals right now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I was just, uh, you know, I keep it keep an eye on the channel uh, coming coming soon. I, I was watching uh, Week Seven against the Browns today, and I was like, the whole thing was just like, they, they're not getting swept by this team next year. Like they right. they should have pulled one of those games off last right. year. Uh, they had a great game plan. Um, Burrow was Burrow was on fire, uh, you know, and, and, and they, like I said, they had a great game plan. Like it was just like just a little couple of little things that it came down to. Um, you know, despite that that pass rush, you know they even had a pretty good handle on that on that pass rush. Like, four sacks, don't get me wrong, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't ridiculous. He did have right. he did have time a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, honestly, the schedule came out, and I I uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but when the schedule came out, I, like I looked through it, and I looked through it a couple of times, and I was like, I think I see twelve wins. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of like you with the gifts. I just tweeted yeah. number 12, and I didn't do anything else. <laughs> so, there we go. I definitely don't have the guts to put that one out there. I'll say it now. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like I feel like 10 to a, a decent number. It's like, yeah. You know, I think they're – I'm saying it would go good, something would go bad, but I, but I think I think 10 is, uh, is a reasonable number for them to be able to do this year. And I think them starting strong is going to be so, so important. It's going to be extremely important for the, for the rest of the season. And I, I believe the Bengals are going to start strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Should be, should be real strong out of the gate. Um, you know, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, you broke it down there, but I mean, there's some, there's some winnable games in there, uh, come mm-hmm. out strong, building on that confidence that we can see that they have, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, that's one of those things that, that sometimes you just need a little success, right? you know, and, and, and it just takes to me, 
It might have been the Pittsburgh game. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I think. I think we're going to look back at – by the way, and I can say I was at that game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna, we might look back at that game. We might be like, you know what, that was the turning point in the Zach Taylor era. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, honestly, and, and that might be something that the players talk about too, is like they, mm-hmm. they might have walked in the locker room and been like, we can do this. Like, we can do this. We can pull it off. That's a huge mental barrier for this team. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a, for all the guys that aren't there anymore we talked about, that was a huge yeah. mental barrier. You know, like, we, like we know this. Even the away game, they, they, I think the next week they went out on the road and they beat uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, the Brandon Allen outdueled, out Brandon Allen outdueled Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so I mean, the signs are there, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the tea leaves, however you read them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like something's different this year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and I'm excited, and I think we're all we're all poised for it. You can see. You know, all the people watching us live, all the you know, all the uh, uh, the number of of content creators we have out there, <laughs> really great content creators, and yeah. and how much support we get from from all of y'all, you know, watching right now and listening right now, like this fan base is hungry. Yeah, get ready. Get ready, because because you know, good days, uh, good days are coming, um, and. They've got a shot. You know, they've, yeah. they've got a shot. Obviously, some things need to work out. Some things need to come together. Mm-hmm. There are some unknowns. Uh, but, man, you can see the path. Absolutely. And you, and you can feel it. And you can, tell the, you can tell the players see it. Absolutely. You know, you know, all the things that people, oh, Zach Taylor can't do it. Zach Taylor, Zach, Lou Anarumo, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you can tell that's us. Right. That them. You know what right. I mean? Like, that, that's, not, that's not going on in the building. Um, and, man, it's exciting. So. It is exciting. I'm, I'm ready. Matt, I appreciate you for having me on, my man. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're right at the hour mark here, so we're going to cut it off. Malik, uh, one more time, if you want to just talk about uh, anything you want to plug, your your, sure. your Twitter or any, anywhere else people can follow you and uh, everything you're doing. You got appreciate that, Matt. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter, obviously. Right Report, uh, if you don't know, W-R-I-G-H-T-R-E-P-O-R-T with two Ts. Uh, but follow my company, guys. I run my own sports news media company, TWS and the Right Way Sports Network. On Twitter, TWSN with three underscores. We're going to be moving the company out to Cincinnati, Ohio uh, next summer. So super excited about that. Uh, we plan to be, that's going to be where our home office is based out of. A lot of exciting stuff happening. Got a really uh, awesome team of 50 plus talented writers, analysts, and things of that nature. And we've got a lot of great stuff happening. So guys, appreciate all the support um, that, that that all of you have been given to our team. Like I said, I, I'm just blessed to you know, be in the position to, Help, help shift the culture. So I appreciate that. All right. And I appreciate you. Appreciate you uh, you coming on. Give him a follow. Definitely. Uh, uh, there's going to be lots of, lots of great bingo stuff out there to, uh, to talk about this year. So yes, sir. thanks for tuning in. Who day? Yeah, we coming for sours.